Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Four years ago, I introduced to you a builder, an entrepreneur, an outsider, and the people's nominee for president of the United States. Tonight, I stand before you as the proud daughter of the people's president. I've seen in Washington it's easy for politicians to survive if they silence their convictions and skip the hard fights. I couldn't believe so many politicians actually prefer to complain about a problem rather than fix it. I was shocked to see people leave major challenges unsolved. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. So you know at the end of those movies, like the big short, they have this kind of rolling afterward that shows where everyone in the movie ended up. So like in the big short, Geller and Shipley attempted to sue the rating agencies but were laughed out of all law offices. Mark Baum gave large sums of money to a charity that helps people escape from cults. And then after a few beats... When the dust settled from the collapse, $5 trillion in pension money, real estate value, 401ks, savings, and bonds had disappeared. 8 million people lost their jobs, 6 million lost their homes, and that was just in the USA. That's the end of the big short, and that is the tone we're getting into now on Trumpcast. This is the moment in our vast national catastrophe that we start to wonder what will befall all the major players, or rather, the major culprits, the major felons in the Trump syndicate. And today we're looking forward into the futures of Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. I want to offer all kinds of vision boards at this point featuring disgrace and guillotines and humiliations undreamed of before. But these two creatures, these two lizards elude me so entirely that I have no idea whether they're even made of human flesh that could suffer a comeuppance, whether they bleed when you cut them, or whether they might be able to just dissolve into pixels at will and become an ingredient in fancy moisturizers. I honestly don't know. Fortunately, my guest Emily Jane Fox does, or at least she has some idea. Emily's been covering the disturbing hybrid known as Javanka for low these four years, and for a recent piece in Vanity Spare, spoke to all their former friends and acquaintances about whatever dangerous liaisons or Edith Wharton banishment those Met Ball Richies can cook up. Emily writes for Vanity Fair and co-hosts the podcast Inside the Hive. Emily, welcome back to Trumpcast. Thanks so much for having me. I feel like, can you believe you're at the end of this? Not only is it really beginning to sink in, but I am just in a new um, state of almost, I don't know what it is, sedation or something. I'm just like, this really happened. Like, we we did it, you know? Like, us and our little cohort of 80 million Americans <laughs> really decided that it was time to kind of close out this vile chapter. And I kind of am proud of us. What about you? Yes, I wake up every day and I have a split second of a, did it really happen? And I think that's because I probably dreamt of this day for a really long time before it actually did happen. But yeah, it's going to take a while, I think, for it to actually set in. 
But having this kind of capper of a conversation helps it. Well, help. It sort of right. feels like we're the we're graduating high school or something, and you're like going through to all the grad parties. That's kind of how I feel right oh, now. Oh, yes, exactly. And like we're sort of like fuzzy from finals and the prom and stuff, but it really totally right. Everyone's like, have a great summer, never change. <laughs> and I do, I do kind of worry that we're like people will lose track of each other on Twitter, you know. Like, I'm not, probably not going to be following, like, Project Lincoln with the same avidness, you know, when it's over. So I'm going to have to be like, Rick Wilson, we'll, we'll road trip this year. He Exactly. See you soon, buddy. I think that there's such an addiction to all of this that even when this administration does come to an end, people are just going to have this gigantic need hole. And I think it's going to yeah. take a really long time for that to shrink. I think that's true. I, I mean, there are some methadone step-down possibilities where you can just get really into the <laughs> post-presidential um, prosecutions. You can just sit around and lick your wounds and never move on from your grudges. I mean, this this is an exciting moment with Lindsey Graham. We can all just like think about how much we hate Lindsey Graham. You could we could do stories on Lindsey Graham. I mean, there's a, there's some ways to drag it out so we don't have to go cold turkey. There's no shortage. <laughs> there also there's something about covering positive things or just not opening Twitter. I think the day after, mm. the Sunday after we found out that President-elect Biden was actually our president-elect, I didn't yeah. open Twitter once. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is just, I don't need to because everything kind of feels irrelevant. It's settled. I have not done this in probably five and a half years. And yeah. I feel okay to do it right now. Right. You don't need takes every single second when you're exactly. kind of out of the major pain. You just get to kind of like swan around a little bit and be happy. Okay. But since we haven't moved on entirely yet, let's go on one last bender of parsing over this hideous family, the Trumps, pegged to, of course, your awesome piece about Javanka and their future. I mean, you are just amazing about getting crazy unexpected quotes. But I think I told you before we started that I just love this one parenthetical about Ivanka Trump's art collection. I had no idea she had one. Maybe you can tell me some of the, the painters she collects. I have to give this line, unimpressive before COVID. That's how your person described her art collection. But post-COVID, virtually unsaleable. I mean, I want tell me about that and the collection and all of it. Basically, when I got someone to say that or when someone said that to me, I nearly fainted. And I kind of felt like that with all of the quotes that are in this story. And I'll yeah. I'll tell you why, and then I'll go back to the art collection. But I have been covering Darren Ivanka since the beginning. And yep. that's, you know, five years of of getting to know people who know them in various capacities, but but who know them really well. Mm -hmm. And getting to talk to people who I now have spent five years talking to, who really know Jared and Ivanka well, uh, to mm -hmm. the point where they obviously know what's in their art collection. They know who they hang out with all the time because they used to hang out with them all the time too, or some of them still do hang out with them. They kind, and they're all very, very smart people. And they mm -hmm. know that they read about themselves. So mm -hmm. these people know them, they know their reading habits, and they know that they're going to read these quotes and, and they're smart. So the quotes are are sort of in a way speaking to an audience of two yeah, and they're almost like direct shivs that seem very slight to people who maybe don't know them or aren't in their world. But yeah, if you do know them or are in the world, the messages that are getting delivered to Jaron Ivanka are like designed to inflict 
You know, and speaking for an audience of two, it seems especially relevant here with the reference to the to Ivanka's art collection, unimpressive before COVID, virtually unsaleable after COVID, because it's like price fixing. Like it's like when Jim Cramer talks, totally. you know, these are the people who would be buying the collection or at least vying for the same kind of art she is because they're her, totally. you know, artsy and rich friends. But what does that exactly mean? So she didn't have especially interesting taste before COVID. Post-COVID, what's changed? Her father or our, how much money we have? I think that it's the particular art that she had collected. There was a story that came out a few weeks ago that got sent to me like a hundred times. And it was in, I think it was an Artnet or one of the art publications that was very niche about, will the art world accept Jared and Ivanka back? And the takeaway was they're always going to be able to buy art. Yes, there are some people who don't want to work with them, but there are a lot of people who will, money is money and an art collector is an art collector. When this was brought up to me and sent around to me by people who are art collectors, my response would always be like, woof, and also... Do you agree? <laughs> and their responses back were basically like, their collection is tacky. Yeah. So let's talk about tackiness, because that's sort of a Mary Trump preoccupation. And I think yes. she does a very nice job talking about the, the Trump family's taste. Yes. And it's, you know, it's the first thing that came to mind way back when he was just a, you know, game show host. Trump was just a game show host. And Ivanka was a designer of... What are this polypropene? What's that particular, this particular scuba diving? Ugh, like the Hervé Legere, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that you're just so glad you found at Marshall's. Totally. So when she was designing, you know, very much for this kind of imagined middle class and that all of it was so easy to dismiss in a way because the taste was so bad. But Ivanka looks a little more plausible than her father. Like she's going for a kind of a Grace Kelly thing. Oh my God, you just made her day. Probably made her day. But I said she's going for. She's going for. Okay. I don't even think it, Ivana had kind of that image in mind when she was going for her look. But, no. But maybe I'm wrong. But so where does her taste lie? Like what is, what, like just name some co- paint, painters or if we don't know their names, their styles so that we can understand kind of what she thinks a good art investment is. I believe there is like pop art. There's a photo okay. in the Artnet story that is an Alex Israel like cutout of his face. And Alex Israel has a market and people can say what they say about, about his art or not say what they want to say about his art. But he's very much like kind of like an Instagram artist. I think that he's someone whose art is shared a lot on Instagram and he kind of became a personality on Instagram. Oh, Harmony Corinne. So they're like hipster people, maybe. They're just like kind of newer. And then I think that there's a there are a good number of photographs in their collection. I believe in Jared's office in 666 Fifth Avenue, he had these photos of JFK from the night of the convention. And they're actually beautiful photos. But it was like a very interesting perspective of the television cameras on the night of his convention. And it was sort of like, I don't know if he was trying to make it seem like he saw himself in JFK. (laughs) Okay. But it was definitely something that he was prominently displaying. All right. Got it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the taste issues have always been there, and yet they somehow managed to kind of slip the knot of just being cartoons. Like, even Paris Hilton was more dismissed or sidelined than Ivanka. That was all not just before COVID, but before Trump's presidency. And then a slow curdling has taken place, but very slow, among the people they used to know. And now... Where do those people stand? I mean, how much are they are they really going to turn their back on the daughter of the former president, on, you know, the international celebrity Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, who they were already friends with? Like this takes, you know, takes a little bit of social daring do. So what do you think is going to happen with some of these people? So there is like the thing, the overarching thing that I will say is that there are eyes everywhere that there are people from East Coast to West Coast who are keenly observing who welcomes them back. So whether or not they are welcomed and in what circle circles they are welcomed, there are eyes watching everyone who chooses to socialize with them. And the way it was described to me was that there will also be consequences. And it's really interesting because there's a group of people who has continued to privately socialize with them. And that is... It is the Wendy Dang Murdochs of the world. Mikey Hess, who's an oil heir, and his wife, who's a fashion designer, friends with Meghan Markle. Her name is Misha Nonu. They have continued to socialize. They're very good friends with Josh Kushner, who is very close with his brother. Carly Kloss is way less close with them. Arya Burkhoff, who's a media investor, is very close with them. A couple who's an, another art collecting couple, a man named Tico Mugrabi. These are all Upper East Side names who a certain class of people definitely knows. They've continued to socialize with them in private. And actually one of the things that led me to write the story was I kept getting sent a video clip of the night of uh, President Trump's speech at the RNC on the White House lawn. Um, The camera on Fox News panned to the audience and a number of people caught Wendy Murdoch and Tico Mugrabi in the crowd. And Wendy Murdoch was wearing, Wendy Murdoch, who is the ex-wife of Rupert Murdoch and a longtime friend of Jared Ivanka. She was in the crowd and wearing a big red mask that said MAGA across the mouth. And it like sent ripples through their social circle because it's one thing to socialize with them in private. It's another thing to socialize with them in public. And it's certainly another thing to wear a MAGA mask and have it caught on national television. That just was, for the people who are still friendly with Wendy Murdoch, it was kind of over a line. So there will be people who continue to socialize with her because A, they have their own skeletons in their closet. B, they support the president because of his tax cuts or because of his support for Israel. Or C, they really want to be close to power and to money. And Jared and Ivanka undoubtedly have been close to power and to money. 
that's not to say that there won't be people who won't accept them. And I think that there is sort of like a bifurcation here, right? There's the people who are going to accept them because they're still rich and powerful, or maybe they supported the Trump administration in some of their financial decisions that they made. And then there's a group of people who I think Jared and Ivanka would really want to be friends with. The sort of like the crowd who spends their summer in on yachts in Croatia or in the south of France and who go every May to the Met Ball. Like that's the crowd that they want to be in that they were sort of touching before all of this. That crowd has no interest in them. And and that's the crowd where the eyes are really everywhere. And so you may, they may have a totally fine time with Wendy Murdoch. They may have a totally fine time in their Jewish day school community, but they're not going to be invited on a yacht in Croatia the way that they were before all of this. And I know it's, it's like such um, poor little rich girl distinctions that I'm making here, but those are like the true distinctions that matter to them. And I think because in having watched Ivanka's evolution in sort of like the way people talked about her as this sort of moderating influence, which is never the way she wanted to be talked about, talked about, but it didn't, hmm. it served her kind of well for the first year that she Wait, was in the white house. Why didn't she want to be talked about that way? I'm sure she was fine being talked about that way, but it was never her intent to be a moderating influence. She knows who her father was. She wasn't there to be a savior. Okay. She doesn't right. have politics. Yeah. Like the president doesn't have politics. They don't have politics. She couldn't even vote for her father in the primary in 2016 because she was registered as an independent. She wasn't mm. even a Republican. Like <laughs> these are not political animals. These are people who yeah. are, who just want to be in power. Mm-hmm. So it was never her intention. I mean, she donated to Democrats before she hosted a fundraiser for Cory Booker in the past. So it's not like she was a total true Republican, maybe like Don Jr. is definitely more conservative than she is. But she never went down there thinking like, I'm going to make my dad a Democrat. That was not her thing. And I think she knows her father better than anybody. And I think she knows that he was going to do whatever it was to keep himself in good graces with the people who we're going to support him. And mm-hmm. so she could express whatever opinion she wanted to express in private and sometimes leak those private opinions out to the press. But she knew that she wasn't going to be this like great liberal savior. And so she didn't set out to be that. But I think that you sort of went from someone who was, let's say she was like a softer influence in the White House. She was mm-hmm. had more of a New York sensibility than anyone else there. And the way that I see her now the speech that she gave introducing her father at the RNC this summer, I was like, this is a different person. She has hardened. She is like, she's not trying to to soften her her father and his, his MAGA base. Like that's her base now. That's mm. who she's speaking to. Mm-hmm. And so I think she just feels like she belongs to like a different people now. And it's a really interesting shift. And the way she talks and the way she presents herself is just, it really is like kind of the, the starkest change of anyone in this crew that I've I've witnessed. What about that speech in particular? Kimberly Guilfoyle stands out. Tiffany Trump stands out. For <laughs> some reason, I've lost my memory of what she said. Yeah, what was it? She kept repeating the people's president. Okay, right. She definitely had been coached a lot to give this speech. But she has this in private when you talk to her and also in the in if you look back in like all of the interviews that she had done early days of the White House and even in, in some of the speeches, she has this like very breathy quality to her. 
Mm-hmm, yeah. And I once wrote about this. I went to Berlin the first foreign trip that she went on. We had both flown overnight and we were both there for like 24 hours. It was like the quickest trip I've ever gone on. Mm-hmm. And it was a crazy long trip to go for a sh- short time. And we were both exhausted. And I remember there was like a very small number of reporters there and she met with the reporters um, and the meeting was off the record. But beforehand, there was sort of free for all. And I I went up and I said hello to her and she had, was really hoarse. Like her voice, she was totally losing her voice and she had just gotten off stage. She was on stage with like Angela Merkel and Queen Maxima of the Netherlands. And she had gotten booed kind of on stage. Oh, I remember, And she was yeah. losing her voice, yes. And I said to her, like, your voice sounds kind of great like that. And she's like, yeah, I sound like a phone sex operator, which I thought was very Mm. funny and not like the Ivanka that you would hear in in public to say something like that. But her voice is always a kind of breathy. And the way she spoke on stage this summer was just like, it was like closer to Kimberly Guilfoyle than old Hmm. Ivanka Trump. yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like, it was like sort of standing in the Maganus in a way that she would have been horrified by a few years ago. Okay. Give me one more example. I think I'm getting that because her elocution is, has always been very, it's like, does remind me of just affected in this particularly Jackie way. Like you feel like in totally. you know, Jackie, Jackie's tour of the White House, when you watch that video, you, I, I remember saying to my mother, did people talk this way like it just sounds crazy well you know she's obsessed with the kennedys right and so and of course all of her kids have kennedy names oh that's right jared has that kennedy photo she went to the schools where jackie and jfk went like there's like this right. real kennedy connection. oh that's right chapin and harvard so that breathy voice so that's a great example that it might be like sounding a little more sarah palin like a little more like i'm down with you guys she's just in it she's just in it and now any other examples the people's president is a perfect shift because before she was talking about he's the greatest builder and he's the highest high and instead this was very like populist he belongs to you he's every man with you totally i mean well did you see her tweet earlier this week where the moderna vaccine had come out oh yeah and she was basically like just be happy don't don't say try and say this wasn't the trump administration it was the trump administration just just like thank us basically And it was so flip and so the only way I can describe her is hardened. And she just, I have heard this repeated to me a number of times that, that Ivanka, honestly, like two years ago, maybe three years ago, started saying to people, they will criticize us, meaning the media and people in in the public will criticize us for everything. So I'm just going to do what I want to do because they're going to criticize us no matter what. And I really felt like at that moment, it was a real shift in the way she started talking about how people perceived her because she cares so much about how people think about her. But it was like, well, I don't really care because they're always going to say bad things. And I now feel like it's actually happened where she doesn't care and she's just going to do what she wants to do. So a friend of mine was saying today that there's this thing that happened in late stage Waco and late stage Nexium where they stopped talking about their ideology of like doing EMs or whatever. That's a Nexium thing. Yes. Sure, you know. Um, and, I do. Um, you know, or your e-meters or your what's going to happen to you in the afterlife when your body leaves its vehicle or who knows. They just stopped talking about that. They're in the Warren Zevon phase of just lawyers, guns and money. Like they're just on yes. defense. They're just bunkered. And, you know, we'd add probably for, to lawyers, add like PR, damage control, whatever else for her makeup. But that none of it is like 
there's no new effort to win people over or make more friends. It's just, you know, how can I, like, I'm so embattled. I only see myself as embattled. I'm not going to kind of grow my ideology or grow my brand, except that it begins to stand for just resentment. And one other example of this that reminds, makes me think of her, and she would hate this comparison. So Ivanka, if you're listening, this is to make up for the Grace <laughs> Kelly one. Um, there was an Ellen Berry profile of a Trumpite in uh, Massachusetts on a, like a real kind of trolley figure. You saw it, I guess. Yeah. So he was, um, you know, just, you know, hung up, hangs up signs and, and it trolls people right and left on Facebook anyway, and likes to get the attention. A young man, but he still has like three kids. And uh, he was saying when it looked like he was losing, Trump was losing in those days that he would like, start to give up hope, right? But instead of remembering like, but Trump's a great guy or the tax cuts or the wall or anything about it, he would just remember how he'd been snubbed on Facebook once by anti-Trumpers or people who weren't sufficiently pro-Trump, rhinos or whatever. And it was for them that he was going to go out there and like, you know, stand with the Proud Boys. So like it had nothing to do with even racist politics, populist politics, love of a demagogue, infatuation with the leader, any idea certainly of policies or tax plans or approaches to COVID or even QAnon. It just was like this small thing happened to me in my little online orbit to do with Facebook. And that is enough. I hate those people, whoever they are. And she could at some point just say, you know, everyone... I'm sick of everyone. Like, they just cancel me. They don't even listen to, you know, I think she alluded to cancel culture, at least in that speech, right? Oh, not even alluded. She has mentioned cancel culture. Remember when she actually got canceled from a graduation back in May? She gave this commencement speech at a small, I believe it was a technical college. And there was backlash to her giving a speech at the graduation and they decided not to air her pre-recorded commencement address, which, by the way, it was in the it was right after George Floyd's death. It was in the midst of those pro- protests. She did not mention those protests. So even if you liked Ivanka Trump, mm-hmm. it was just it was not meeting the moment. Yeah. And her reaction to that was posting the speech online and basically saying, like, instead of canceling people, you should listen to what they have to say. It's really important to hear from others' voice, other voices! Exclamation right. point. And it's like. In what world do you think that that you are the voice that people want to listen and learn from in that moment? Right. Like, this is right. the moment where white privileged people should shut up. Mm-hmm. And you are mm-hmm. the poster child for white privileged people. And you're telling other people to listen to you. It just felt so off at that moment. And it really made me feel like she just is in a feedback loop that is closed. You know, I asked who's going to stand by her and who's going to snub her. And with Wendy Deng, notwithstanding, because she's obviously made no bones about allying herself with like the you sure. know humanitarian crisis that is the Chinese government and with Rupert Murdoch, the humanitarian crisis of one and with them all along. And, you know, she's just her own kind of problem. So naturally, she's going to be in that MAGA mask. But when I asked about who else is going to snub her, a lot of you were talking about people snubbing the people who hadn't sufficiently snubbed Ivanka, who in turn mm. is being hated because she didn't sufficiently sufficiently snub her father. I mean, she mm-hmm. didn't, she, there's no, um, there's no policy, or maybe I'm wrong, with her name on it that is explicitly like exterminationist. Like she didn't author the Muslim ban or the border wall or the cages or the COVID pl- project, although Jared 
you know, had a serious hand in botching that. But so most of this is this kind of, you know, like spreading ripple that I think we see through the Republican Party. You know, if you stood with Ka- like your Kavanaugh, who was in lockstep with Trump, lockstep with Barr, but then there are other people that like didn't like I've heard people say Gary Cohn stood behind the president when he said very fine people on both sides. If he just did that, he's already an ordinary German and he's gone. He'll never work again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a very interesting thing happening with Ivanka because I do feel like she tried to thread the needle of preserving her own brand. You know, she she didn't make too many missteps on Instagram and she was just the big fraud she always was, but she didn't lick her chops and get, and Stephen Miller, you know, start writing legislation with Stephen Miller or executive orders with Stephen Miller. I don't know, but maybe, maybe there's like blood on her hand firsthand. First hand, hand on blood, blood hands. Some of this is a lot of blood hands. I think that (laughs) that some of this is like credit to people who stayed on her about a lot of this stuff because Ivanka is kind of a master brander like her father. And for the first at least year and a half of the administration, she was very skilled at making it known that she was literally not in the White House when some of the most disturbing things to at least early on to to happen were not when she was there. So like the Muslim ban was on Shabbat. And when her father was the first time around trying to dismantle Obamacare, she was literally on spring break in Aspen. And when he pulled out of the Paris Accord, she was celebrating another Jewish holiday and wasn't at work. And she was very skilled in making it known that she literally was not in the building when mm-hmm. these things were happening. And and basically the narrative for at least time was like, these things happen because they're not in the building at those points. That's right. Remember, he goes crazy on Twitter on Friday nights because on Shabbat, yes. there's so much Shabbos and they won't use electricity. Yes. I take, like, I literally wrote the story on that that then became an SNL cold oh, open. yeah. And it was because people were saying that to me, like people who are not, were not working for them were like, there is a pattern here, right? Because people really Mm. wanted them to be these moderating influences. And it became very clear that, and I know this because every time something terrible would happen when uh, my book about them was coming out exactly when all of the stuff about the kids in cages at the border was really starting to come out. And I remember calling their office every day saying, what's your comment on this? You're supposed to be a person in the White House whose main mission is dealing with women and children and families in America. These are women and children and families in America. What is your comment? And there was dead silence. There was no comment. Mm -hmm. And I have done that on every issue since then. And you can't have no comment on these issues when you are in that public of a high profile job and then not get tainted with your lack of comment on it. That yeah. that comes back and haunts you. And I think that that's why it's not just because she worked in the administration that she's going to get painted with the same brush as her father. It's because she has done nothing to to publicly say anything differently. And I don't want someone off the record or on background in the White House saying, she privately disagrees with her father and we're not going to air those private disagreements. It's like, there's nothing, there, it's not right or left to put children in cages. It's right and wrong. And if you're not willing to say this is wrong to put a child in a cage, then you deserve every consequence that could come from that. 
let's talk about her return to New York or not return to New York. Mm -hmm. So all eyes on the Met Gala, the, you call them Adriatic anchored yachts, which I assume includes MBSs and I don't know. A lot of billionaires. Yeah, a lot yes. of billionaires. Right, the maxi yachts yeah. that, yeah. The ones that, that the Daily Mail follows and, and takes aerial photographs of every summer. God, the Daily Mail is, just how do they have the resources? Bless. I just feel like that. They, they You know what they need is, a, is their own J school because somehow they couldn't can do agree more that other people can't also do. they've been very helpful to me over the last five years because they've had a camera stationed outside of jared and ivanka's house which which allows me to know if they're in work that day and also um you know as a magazine writer you you try and write scene as much as you can so to know what they wear has been really helpful oh, yes. to my writing so bless them <laughs> so, and that so yeah we're just shout out to the to the daily mail that like really gets the job done they are not just on totally. Twitter every day. Um, just as a sidebar, I don't know if you saw, but they managed to get photos of a Jeffrey Tubin, one Jeffrey Tubin, in uh, with an umbrella over his head, a hoodie on, and a full black mask on his face, um, and walking his dog. That. I don't know if you saw oh, that, dear. but I mean, I was like, they're not I even American. Okay, oh boy. So. I know. But yeah, so the yacht set. Okay, so the yacht set would actually seem to be more penetrable to me than some New York world where everybody's branding. Like once you go over a certain level, you know, it's that thing where like the super rich have, you know, all kinds of like some of them have been in jail and they've all had problems and they're sort of um, beyond good and evil. Right. Like, and so that set where, for instance, MBS and other just like war criminals, they seem like they'd have more luck than getting back in with Instagram influencers like Carly Kloss or maybe, you know, that have more branding worries and want to stay away from uh, right wing politics. Right. And MBS is a is a different animal. MBS okay. is. I think he, Jared Ivanka could stay in his good graces forever. Okay. I think that you're going to have a lot of foreign connections that they've made in the White House and even mm -hmm. uh, Republican connections that they've made in the White House who will continue to socialize with them. I I had heard in my reporting for the story, I don't think I put it in my story, that, um, you know, Ivanka was in Beverly Hills the week before the election meeting with Republican mega donors. Like, it, mm -hmm. it, everyone knew he was going to lose and she was still meeting these very fancy people. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't think that they will not be able to use the connections that they made. I think that a lot of the foreign leaders that they met through this White House gig will continue to take their phone calls and maybe they'll continue to see each other. But there's like the Carly Clauses of the world, like they're socially savvier. And because they're MBS is his world is is his world and he's made many deals with the devil and done terrible things. And so whoever he socializes with is not going to change anyone's opinion of, of him. People have an opinion of him based on everything that he's done in his entire life. And that opinion is not going to change if they hang out with Jared or Ivanka. But people's opinion could change if, you know, someone who would be at the Met Gala or at one of these very fancy weddings that you see in Vogue. Right. Or, you know, you follow the hashtags on Instagram because the wedding seems so insane. Like that's yeah. the crowd where a friendship with Jared and Ivanka could matter. Well, like celebrities like Blake Lively, movies, Hollywood people or like Paris people or fashion world people, 
right? No one's going to want to put Ivanka Trump in the front row of a fashion show, right? It just won't happen. It's just so such bad publicity for them. No good can come of it, no matter how rich and powerful and big her name is. It just like, what is the point? Mm -hmm. And that's the world that she used to occupy. And so the way I understand it is they they haven't decided what their plans are going to be. I would not be surprised at all if their base is in Manhattan, if they spend a lot of time in New Jersey, if they spend a lot of time in Palm Beach, and they will find people to be friends with. There are a lot of people who want to be around this rich and powerful people, a lot of people in the real estate world who want to do business with Jared. I'm sure Ivanka will have mom friends at school, and they will be fine, right? But it will not be the world that they left before all this happened for them. And, and then that's that's having nothing to say with the general population in New York who overwhelmingly do not want to see them back and walking the streets and in Central Park. So since The Crown is back on Netflix and it seems to be soaking up a lot of my time anyway, I see that some of the people you talk to um, compare Jared and Ivanka to some of the wayward parts of the royal family, including the Duke of Windsor and Princess Margaret. And, you know, it does occur to me that Pop culture of old used to love rehabilitating, you know, fallen figures and like giving them another chance. And, you know, Lindsay Lohan got, it seemed, millions of chances before she was finally completely uninsurable. I don't know what's going to happen to all the cancellations now, you know, that we've seen through Me Too and people just who slam, you'll never work again. But Margaret and certainly the the Duke of Windsor show that there's a certain kitsch value or even a certain, or better than that, certain sort of sentimental attachment to people who've kind of fallen and maybe repositioned themselves. But you say that at least this one person close to them you spoke to says that they're not going to have that luck. That's not how it's going to end up for them. The person who said this, who I trust basically more than anyone on this, the sentiment was... They will find dinner parties to be invited to, but they will be the entertainment. And mm. they are not Princess Margaret and they are not the Duke of Windsor and because no one wants to hear about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' pies mm-hmm. or Steve Bannon's shirts. Mm. And it's true. Like, it's not <laughs> fun to hear about those things. I, I mean, I guess you and I have this to an extent where people always ask me, for stories and the inside details. But it's sort of delicious when you hear it from reporters to have willingly fraternized with these people for years and worked with them and work work towards the same thing with those people. It's very different. And I think that there are probably people who have been canceled over the last four years who will see a second life because sometimes they were canceled for a comment that they made or a tweet that they wrote or something that happened when they were really young. And I think that there's redemption for people who made a mistake one time or two times and who have put in the work to do the, uh, you know, to learn the hard things about themselves and, and, and make good and make right. Jared and Ivanka didn't make a mistake. Mm-mm, they made they a, haven't said it. a choice that they repeatedly made and had every ability to get out of and had every ability to not attach themselves to. They wanted to be there. It served them. It suited them. They repeatedly chose to be part of this for years and years and years. They have never admitted that they were wrong about 
anything. I do not see that happening no, you're right. ever. And even if they do, it was pointed out to them at the time that what they were doing was horrible and they just hardened in it. Like if someone who had been canceled over the last four years at the time that it was happening, if someone had pointed out to them, like, you can't behave like that. And then they were like, oh my God, I didn't even think about it that way. I'm horrified. I will do everything to make this right. Then maybe they wouldn't have been canceled for it. But this is a totally different animal. And I don't know that there's a path of redemption from something that you knew at the time was wrong and continue mm-hmm. to do anyway. It seems like, yeah, that's right. I think that's absolutely right. So people are speculating about where the soon-to-be former president, Donald Trump, will end up after this with, you know, far-fetched ideas that he'll go to countries with a non-extradition treaty, maybe not so (laughs) far-fetched. Someone, so one thing that was interesting was the suggestion he'd go to Russia or Turkey, and then um, then, uh, Putin and um, Erdogan rolled into Twitter to, and to their you know, press releases to congratulate Joe Biden on winning the presidency, which we know is an, is a, is a, is an insult to Donald Trump. Um, so maybe he won't be so welcome there. Um, and then we're just people I've noticed in, in my DMs were hunting around for other, other countries where he hadn't yet been congratulated. Israel out of the question. Netanyahu has <laughs> congratulated Joe Biden. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is a parlor game or it's actually a question about geopolitics. But where do you think, knowing everything you know, having like lived with these people in and out, I, I mean, on and off for four years, where do you think Javanka will end up? Javanka, I think they'll end up in in Manhattan and spending a lot of time in Palm Beach and in New, Jer- New Jersey. Okay. But can I just say okay. one thing about Trump and where he'll end up? Yeah. He hates traveling. Like right. you he only stays at places where he has a property. I remember when I was reporting the book that I think it was Eric, maybe it was maybe it was all of the kids who were talking about honeymoon destinations that they wanted to go after they were married and he was like, "Why would you go to any of these places? They were like beautiful places." He was like, "Go to go to our properties. Like they're the best places you could possibly go. He was genuinely mad and confused why his kids would want to travel anywhere that wasn't a Trump property. And so I don't, I really don't see Trump going anywhere that's not a Trump property. I think he'll probably end up in Mar-a-Lago as well. Emily Jane Fox is a writer for Vanity Fair and she co-hosts the podcast Inside the Hive. Thanks so much for being here, Emily. Thanks for having me. And that's it for today's show. What'd you think? Come find us on Twitter. I'm at page 88. And the show for now is at Real Trumpcast. And while you're at it, join Slate Plus. It's just $35 for the first year. Our show today was produced by Melissa Kaplan and engineered by Richard Stanislaw. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. <laughs>